Hola, are you a Latina or woman of color new to marketing and need tips for landing that first job? Or maybe you are a new business owner looking to implement new marketing strategies for your business. Or just looking for personal development tips to advance in your career? I am Vanessa Parra, your host, hospitality and travel marketer, and now your marketing bestie. I will be spilling the tea on everything I know on how to land that marketing job. I will share behind the scenes of being a Latina in marketing and shedding light on barriers and struggles people of color face, especially when you're the only one in a corporate setting. I will also touch on manifestation tips that have helped me attract my dream career slash life. But most importantly, I will be spotlighting other influential Latinos and people of color marketers from our community. So grab your cafecito or drink of choice and let's listen in. Welcome to Influence with Cultura podcast. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode. I'm super excited that you're tuning in. Today, we are interviewing Rocio Maciel, a product marketing manager. So I've been so blessed with this podcast that I've been able to connect and meet Latinos and Latinas in marketing, and especially through TikTok, hands down TikTok, um, I've been able to reach a lot more Latinas in marketing, and I met Rocio Maciel, and we've just been chit-chatting through TikTok, and I just felt that she'd be a great fit for this podcast. So today, I interview her, and we just have an amazing conversation where we talk about her background, struggles, Um, things Latinas in marketing face, like limiting beliefs, just an awesome and very um, value-driven conversation. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Rocio Maciel is the youngest of five siblings and a first-generation Latina working as a product marketing manager in the natural product industry. She has followed a non-traditional path in many aspects of her life and is the first in her family to graduate college. Despite the challenges she has faced on her journey, she's continuing to pave the way with her passion for marketing and personal growth by pursuing an MBA in marketing at CSUF. She is motivated by her parents' sacrifices and her desire to break generational traumas and alleviate academic hurdles for future generations. Make sure to follow Rocio on LinkedIn. Just go to her show notes and you'll be able to find her handle. And let me know what you think about this episode. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you can listen in to future episodes where I interview other Latinos and Latinas in marketing. Enjoy! Hello, and welcome to another episode of Influence with Cultura. I am your host, Vanessa Parra, and today I'm super excited because I am interviewing Rocio Maciel, and she's a fellow marketer. Welcome, Rocio. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. I am well. How are you? Great. Super excited. Um, Funny story, I met Rocio. We haven't met in person, but we've met through TikTok. So that's the power of social media, where um, I think I came across her page when I was looking at other videos of other marketers. And we connected on TikTok. And then we just started talking. And now she's on my show. So I'm super excited to interview her today. 
Yeah, I am so happy to be here. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Rocio, first of all, I'll let our listeners know who you are, talk a little bit about your journey uh, from if you went to school, if you got a degree in marketing, or if you didn't, how you trans- transitioned into marketing. Yeah, of course. Um, so as Vanessa mentioned, um, my name is Rocio Maciel, and I currently work in the natural product industry. So more specifically, I work for a B2B private label manufacturer that uh, works on dietary supplements. And my title currently is product marketing manager. Just some personal background on me as a person. I am a first-generation Mexicana, the youngest of five daughters. Uh, Both of my parents are from Michoacan, Mexico. And um, I am the first in my family to graduate college. Uh, The interesting part about that is that I never actually thought that I was going to go to college in the first place. So I did end up getting my associates. And um, once I got my associates, I think it was just everybody asking what what the next move was and where I was going to be. Before you move on, I just wanted to ask you, um, I actually think it's a really great point that you brought up that you didn't know if you wanted to go to college or not. What made you decide to go to college? And then also what made you decide to pursue a career or a degree in um, public relations? You know, the interesting part about that is like in full, this is just me being transparent. Um, I think that initially I, I, I knew that I wanted to do more. I just didn't have a clear path throughout throughout the whole time. Um, and I, I saw it as like a continuation till I get to see my friends because some of my friends are going to college. And I sounds so honestly, now I think about it, <laughs> it's, it's just like a younger, a younger me, right? The thought process that I had at that time. Um, and that's, I think once I started to really focus on school and see that I was like getting closer to graduating, I was like, oh, okay. Like I actually felt like I, could, I was able to do it. And I think that that's what kind of motiv- motivated me to continue on that path. And, you know, once you get an accomplishment, I think it's reassuring and it kind of like silences all the doubts that you have and you want to continue to push to do more. Finishing my associates. <laughs> and I was curious, while you were in school, were there other Latinas studying public relations or doing the same thing you were doing? Um, If not, can you share your experience going to college? Because I know there's a lot of listeners out there that maybe they're first generation Latinos that are going to college and they don't really have anyone, you know, that's doing the same thing they're doing or mentors. So I'm just curious to see how your experience was going to school. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I grew up in Santana. So Santana was, you know, 90% Mexican. And so I did purposely choose a, at least a junior college where I was going to be exposed to a little bit more diversity, just because I didn't really have any of that when I was growing up. And um, so there was a little bit more diversity there. Once I ended up transferring to Cal State Fullerton, um, it was it was the same thing. There was diversity there, but I will say I felt um, like I didn't have a lot of resources. I didn't really have, you know, especially being the first in my family, like I ha- like people to turn to, to ask questions to. And there was definitely like, I felt like a lack of guidance. And so I actively had to seek that. I, you know, um, Vanessa, I think you had mentioned like when you were in college too, that you, you looked for the sororities and you kind of like found your community, you know, 
through that. And I, I love that. I, I did something very similar. I basically like would just uh, do research and, um, and I went online and on Instagram and looked at the hashtags and the clubs of Cal State Fullerton. And there was a club called um, the Communications, the, the Latinos Communications Initiative. So LCI for oh, short. Wow. And that's um, good because well, the school I went to is like 90% Caucasian and we didn't have any of that. So at least you were able to have some of a community of like-minded individuals. So that's awesome. Yeah, thankfully, Cal State Fullerton is great about that. And I will say the director of LCI, she her name's Inez Gonzalez. She's amazing. Um, she was probably the biggest mentor that I've ever had. And um, I remember reaching out you know, to the club and, and she basically reached out to me and she said, yeah, let's meet for coffee. And that's one thing that I really love about her is that she was very good about getting to know the students on an individual level and to try to understand what, what your path was or what you're looking, like where you're looking to be, to see how she could help you and get to know like your strengths and your weaknesses, to know who that she can you know, like use within her network to kind of connect you with. And honestly, she was like the biggest um, mentor that, that I had. And I'm so grateful. Like that was the best decision that I think that I made in my, like when I was an undergrad for sure. Yeah. So I, I guess, well, my journey didn't, doesn't really end there because I am currently in grad school. So I did eventually make my way back into um, marketing and um, now I'm actually studying for my MBA in marketing. I'm curious, what made you decide to pursue your MBA? Once I actually um, finished uh, my undergrad, like I said, that was in radio, TV, film, and public relations. So it wasn't exactly marketing. And then from just getting all the experience from some internships that I did and, and having experience in PR and marketing, um, I always wanted to have my foot in the door with marketing. My issue was always just math. Like I always saw that as my weakness and it's always been very difficult for me. And that's really a huge part of the reason that I didn't study initially. You know, I think it was just that I let, you know, my, the narratives that I was telling myself kind of get the best of me at that time. And now uh, before you move on, I just wanted to say, um, I, commend you for sharing this uh, vulnerable thing about you because I think a lot of people in general, but I think a lot of Latinos, we face like limiting beliefs where we believe that there's something that is a flaw is preventing us to move forward in our career or, or in our lives. And the fact that you said that you felt that you weren't great with math, that that kind of stopped you in the beginning stages of your career from pursuing um, maybe your MBA or other things. Like, I believe that's normal for everyone because for me, I I can honestly say I felt the same way, but for me, it was more like with my grammar where sometimes um, I get really self-conscious on when it comes to writing, making sure that everything's perfect. And yes, in a corporate setting, sometimes that is important, but when you're trying to connect with your audience and especially through like social media and podcasts, a lot of people don't care, you know, they just care about the person. They want to see if they can relate to them, what they have in common. And so, and it's just better to be able to connect with people that are like-minded that believe the same things that you do 
than trying to pretend to be something that you're not. So again, I commend you for pushing through those fears and limiting beliefs. Thank you. I appreciate that. That, um, I mean, it didn't come easy. That definitely took a lot of years of, uh, of, of work and, uh, self-growth and therapy. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, with, with time, you know, you, you learn that I think as you grow older, you, you kind of realize that, you know, you kind of push against that discomfort and, um, kind of challenge yourself a little bit more, especially like you said, you know, with grammar, um, there's so many tools and resources that kind of help you um, work around that. And, and same, like at, at work, we don't, I, I don't really do a lot of math in my day to day, you know, like um, in my grad program, it's like calculus was like a prerequisite to 20% of the program. So here I am stuck doing math anyway. But uh, uh, I think it's just that I'm at a different point in life where now I kind of lean into that discomfort and I welcome the challenges a lot more. So yeah, it's it's been a journey for sure. Yeah, awesome. So can you um, share with the audience? I know um, you worked in different positions, but just so the audience can have a better idea of how after you graduated from college and then you did your internship, the different, um, I guess, key positions that you took on to get where you're at? Yeah, of course. So um, I mentioned Inez Gonzalez. That was like really you know, big mentor on my journey. And um, she connected me with uh, a nonprofit organization called Kid Healthy. And for them, I was able to kind of work on a PR campaign and a marketing campaign. Um, and since my background was in film, um, like I was able to kind of navigate both. So it was nice. I, was, I would go and meet the students and interview the students and shoot it and then go home, edit it, then create the marketing piece for our social media campaign and um, you know, uh, I also brought in a team of interns that helped me lead and so, or show like my leadership skills. And then from there, um, I was working as a product, uh, control coordinator, um, at a pharmaceutical com parent company. And, um, I noticed that they had started a marketing team. And, uh, so, you know, it was a new department. Um, I was already at the company, so I knew that that's where I wanted to be. And by that point, I already kind of had also done another internship in media and done like videography and done um, interviews and things like that that helped me like get comfortable speaking and doing just different um, social media stuff that kind of tied into marketing as well. So I had started to build up my portfolio a little bit, um, enough where I felt confident enough to apply for the marketing position, which was um, a, like a marketing analyst, essentially. And um, before you was, move was on, it, just because I feel like a lot of us probably felt the same way you were feeling. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners are going through the exact feeling that you're that you probably you went through when, when you first applied for that position. What thoughts or feelings were going through your head? Oh, that was such a crazy time for me because I definitely, again, with the limiting thoughts, like there's, you know, these narratives that you tell yourself and, and you kind of just um, are the only person that's really standing in your way at that time, like at that point. And there were, I think it's the fear of the unknown, right? Like it, it kind of scare, scares us and, and we go into a paralysis of like not wanting to push for more. And um, I just didn't want to be complacent. And I knew that that's what I wanted. And I already had, I felt confident enough in like the work that I had done, even though it wasn't a lot. 
I felt like, okay, this company already knows my work ethic. This company already knows that I'm going to show up, that I'm a responsible person. They know how I am, you know, at how, how I get along with the team that I'm an easy person to work with. And I felt confident in that. And so I felt like, okay, they have to at least try to give me, <laughs> I have to at least try. Um, I have to at least just kind of take that leap of faith and try and and even then it was it was difficult to kind of get my foot in the door even with that because I didn't have you know a crazy amount of experience that they were maybe hoping for from another candidate and um, but thankfully I, I did have you know co-workers that were close to the marketing um, director that were able to advocate for what type of worker I was and the fact that I was a fast learner and the fact that you know I had a really good work ethic and that they were they knew that I was going to be able to learn like the skill set for the job. So that that's really good that you mentioned that because me. I think a lot of people don't realize like, or maybe they do, but that it's very important to network and just have like a community of people that are your supporters. Because then when there is like an opportunity, like you mentioned, they're the first to advocate for you and refer you. So that that's awesome that you were able to do that. Yeah, I'm very thankful to her. She was um, a bit, yeah, she's the one that really like helped me get my foot in the door for sure. Once I was um, a marketing uh, analyst, I realized like that, that wasn't really for me. Like again, um, not really a numbers person and kind of just working on files. And um, I enjoyed the fact that I was a part of a marketing team. And then just, I had some exposure to like the marketing collaterals as far as like editing and, and things like that, but I wasn't like the creator, right? I wasn't the one coming up with the ideas necessarily. And um, I realized like I want to be in a more creative role. And um, about two years after I was a marketing analyst, then uh, we had our product marketing manager leave. And so I was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> this is my opportunity to, to apply, you know, like now they know what I work, you know, how I work in the marketing department. Um, they see that I do learn really quickly and I'm hoping that they're willing to like give me a chance, you know, because I had these leadership skills that I had developed from my internships and other things that I had done in the past that weren't relevant to that role necessarily, but just from my past experiences that showed that I could do the work. And um, and so, yeah, it was a conversation um, between myself and, um, you know, my employer and they were just, like, just saying like, okay, well, you know, most of the applicants do have, you know, a marketing degree. Like, are you ever thinking of, you know, going back to school and, um, I said, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like I, I contemplated going, you know, going back to school. And I did, I did tell myself like, okay, if, if I ever get to the point where I can, I'm limiting myself by not getting my master's, then I'm going to go and do that to continue to pursue my career and or further my career. And so that's when I, um, it was like right before COVID, I believe, or like actually it was like mid COVID. I want to say like a little bit after that, that I, decided to apply into grad school and I got in and that was like super exciting for me. And, yeah, that's super um, exciting. That's where I'm at now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, throughout your journey, are there any tips that you would give a beginner in their 
those that are in the beginning stages of their marketing career, or maybe even if they're not in the beginning stages of their marketing career, they're trying to find that next marketing job, what three tips would you give them? I would say, um, like the first one would be to, to stay curious and to just keep learning and, um, be willing to continue to learn. Um, like I always just try to, I mean, obviously I'm in grad school, so I'm already learning a lot, but aside from that, I do sign up for like newsletters and I read, um, you know, different, different magazines, different industry news, just to know what's going on when in our industry, um, and also just check technology just changes day to day. So just to make sure that you're staying current with like the market trends and, you know, if there's trade shows or webinars or conferences, like look for those and see if your employer is willing to maybe take a chance or if not, then invest in yourself and go attend those things, you know, just um, have have a good knowledge of like the industry that you're currently in. I think that that's um, that's pretty helpful. Um, awesome. I w- I would say the other one, I guess, is kind of like one that keeps coming up is for me, it's like do it scared is what I would say. Like, um, I'm, I'm a big advocate of mental health and the power of the mind and just the narratives we, we, we tell ourselves. It really, really, we can reshift our, our behaviors. And um, so I would just say push against any limiting thoughts that you have and just believe in yourself and know that you're capable. Um I mean, on my own personal journey, I've experienced like a lot of imposter syndrome, like at work and at school. And um, I mean, I I think now I have the tools to be able to challenge any of those thoughts whenever they do come up. But just, I would say, you know, take the path of self-discovery and um, know who you are as a person that's going to help you, you know, like develop your strengths, your weaknesses, and um, just make sure that you're showing up confidently, authentically, you know, um, there, there's going to be plenty of times when I think you're going to be the only person of color in the room. I know that it's happened to me. Um, and I'm sure it's happened to you as well, Vanessa. And it's hard because you feel like you don't belong there, you know, but I think it's just like telling yourself that you do and to make sure that, that you're taking, taking up space. And, um, you know, I, I think that, it's different for first generation, like maybe having immigrant parents like subconsciously gave us the message to shrink ourselves because like it's more comfortable to go under the radar sometimes. But like we need to make sure that, you know, you know, the value of your opinions and your words. And it's, yeah. you know, like like that quote, you know, that that says, like, you stand before the people you fear and, and speak your mind, even if your voice shakes. And so I think it's just you like just try you have to at least try even if you're scared just do it scared you know um I completely agree with you I think all my life that's something that I can um really thank my mom for where she always forced me to do things even if I was scared so and even to this day like even though I'm older sometimes I get scared or I have imposter syndrome but regardless I still push through the fear because I know at the end of the day I wouldn't be happy with myself or content for not trying because if you don't try, then I believe that's failing because you're always going to be wondering like, well, what if, what if, and as long as you try, even if you fail, which technically you don't fail because you learn from your mistakes and then you improve for the next time. um, It's very important just to push through the fear. So I agree with you completely. 
Yeah. And I think it's even just for jobs, right? Like applying mm-hmm. for jobs that maybe they're not fully qualified for. I mean, 62% of candidates are offered positions that they're not qualified for, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of companies are also willing to fully train you. And so I think that those kind of things that get, we that's how we get in our own way of just limiting ourselves. And then also being on the recruiter and on the hiring manager side, there's times where like, I don't know about you when you were managing interns and other when you manage other um, marketers, but at least on my end, there's been a few times where I don't even get resumes. And so sometimes you end up hiring people that are completely not qualified, but obviously you look for other skill sets and characteristics, but um, that alone should tell people, like, imagine if you had at least like some of the qualifications and you applied, then maybe you'd have a higher chance of getting the position. But sometimes people are so scared to apply that they don't apply and they might have missed out on a good opportunity. Right. You also don't know like what you're going up against. You know what I mean? Like there's always, there isn't going to be like the perfect candidate. A lot of times, like what you actually put up there for the requirements it's like you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt it's like they probably mean 75 percent of that you know and if somebody fits that bill then they're willing to kind of train you the rest of the way and so i i guess just don't be afraid to be that person and just apply for something you know and try it out yeah awesome um i was curious i based on our conversation it's i think it's good to say that you do believe, right, in mentors and investing in yourself? A hundred percent. Yeah, I think that that's such a huge part of it. I, I think, um, I mean, for the mentorship, I feel like I cannot, you know, emphasize the importance of how mentor, how important a mentor can be on your journey. Um, I think for myself, especially, and for first-generation students, that we just have less resources and less role models to turn to when yeah. we're, you know, on our academic journey and our, you know, on our professional journey. But, like, I think that goes back to the importance of, like, trying to find your community and connect with groups and organizations to, like, meet people that that have had a similar journey to, you know, similar obstacles and challenges that, that maybe you have faced, but maybe they're connected to other people or even some, you know, the people that you meet in your class, like, they will... Um, you don't know where they're going to end up as well, you know, and you kind of help each other out. Yeah, perfect. And then I was curious, is there throughout your career, um, like a mistake that you made or failure that maybe now when you think about it, it wasn't such a big deal, but maybe you went through it at the beginning stages of your marketing career that now when you reflect, you realize, wow, that made me a better version of myself. Is there anything like that that you experienced? I mean, I wouldn't say it is necessarily tied to marketing, but just in my professional and academic career in general, just because it was so, it's just definitely a nonlinear path um, that I followed. But um, I think it was just like a very pivotal point when I uh, was trying to get into entertainment because obviously I studied radio, TV, film, and I thought that that's the route that I was going to take. Like I knew it was going to be competitive and I um, still was going to push for it. I was willing to commute. I was willing to take a pay cut. I, you know, had interviews with like Fox. I, I tried so many different ways. Like this is also going back to, you have to at least try because I think 
at one point I even met with like a high executive from Paramount Studios and um yeah I was surprised that he gave me the time of day but it was basically one of those where the assistant was kind of like you have you know 15 minutes or whatever and I'll yeah. that's fine so like an opportunity to ask him just a bunch of different questions and I remember like he had asked me like well why do you want to get into this industry you know and I don't remember my exact you know verbatim response but it, it was like very cookie cutter like boring kind of response you know and um I I think that he I think some of the feedback that he gave me made, really made me realize like where my actual, like that my passion was not necessarily there and that that was maybe not where I wanted to be, you know? And um, so it was a very pivotal point. I wouldn't say it was a failure. I felt initially, I felt like I had failed, you know, in some form because that's what I had studied and it wasn't the path that I wasn't in the career that I studied necessarily. Um, but but I mean, it ended up working out and I'm much happier, you know, where I'm at right now. Um, I just have a few more questions, but before I ask some other fun questions, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience that maybe we didn't go over or talked about? Um, I mean, I would say the importance of um, like doing your research if you do want to see Um, you know, if you're initially starting off, I remember when I was in undergrad, one of my classmates shared with me that she would um, look for like jobs that she wanted to do and um, basically just like screenshot them and then develop her classes around what skill sets they were looking for. So before, you know, she would build her semester classes, like she would always like refer to those kind of skills. And I just thought that was like the smartest thing. And you can apply that with anything, right? And basically use it as like your blueprint of where you want to go. Um, And so I think that's a really good tip. And it might even work with internships, right? If you want to do like, if if you want to do things for free initially, like it's really helpful, you know, volunteer your time to nonprofit organizations are always looking for help. Yeah. and, and it really, it's, it's, it's a win-win, you know, in that situation, because you're, you're building up your resume. And at the same time, you're helping out a nonprofit organization by volunteering your time. I know not everybody has the luxury to do that, you know, but um, that's just uh, another route that I would also recommend. Yes, I completely agree. And I know that could be kind of like a touchy subject where I get it. A lot of people don't want to donate their time because either they don't, they feel like they don't have the time or they need the income. And that's why I believe if you want to fast track your success in your career or gain certain skill sets that you're unable to get through your current employer, um, or if you don't have an employer, then just get a job to help you pay the bills and just realize like this is temporary, you know, it's just to uh, relieve that stress of not having an income. And then figure out a way to make time to donate, you know, that time to a nonprofit or, or any other company to gain those skill sets that unfortunately you might not be able to get as a intern or as a paid job. Um, if you're serious about growing in your career, like if you really want it, you'll figure out a way to make it work. 
Yeah, 100%. And I would say too, sometimes think long term, like as you mentioned, like it might not be the position, or it might not be what you're doing. But let's say there is a company that you really want to work for in marketing, and then maybe just start in a different department, but at least you'll get to know the people and you'll maybe connect with it's easier to connect once you're internal. And um, so it, it they look at you differently, even if it's not you know, in the department that you want to be in, you have eventually, you at least know a certain part of that company that is of value to them and you can navigate and move around there to get to where you want to be eventually. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. And then I have a question, a fun question. What's your mm-hmm. theme song? If you were to um, enter your ring or uh, step on stage, ready to show the world who you are and everything you've been through. What song would you play to represent you? <laughs> okay, this one's hard for me, Vanessa, because uh, full transparency, <laughs> I'm a total music nerd. So um, I, I feel like I can't really pinpoint one. Um, I have a couple, if that's okay, that like yeah, resonate. No I have okay. different ones too. It depends <laughs> on my mood. <laughs> and and I and I want to hear yours too. Okay. Um, so yeah, the first one that comes to mind um, for me is uh, "Sing Your Life." It's a Morrissey song. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's an older song. It's like early '90s, but I grew up listening to it because of my older sisters. And I guess it it always just gave me the sense of something joyful. Like it's a slower melody, may not cut off come off as joyful, but I think my interpretation of it has always just been like about finding the joy in your like day-to-day life. And I just really love that message, you know, of like singing your life. Um, so I would, I would say that um, another one that I guess is more up-temple uh, would be Me Vale by Mana. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, a pretty cl- it's a close <laughs> second. I think um, it just speaks to like part of my journey. And I think it's also just like, like culturally, you know, I think a lot of times too, like, not just our culture, but just people in general try to put you in a box. And I think that like that song is very much kind of like, you know, marching to the beat of your own drum. And like, I feel like if I would have allowed the doubts and, and everything to kind of just take over, then I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And even though like my journey has taken longer to get to where I'm at currently, I, I, really like embrace all the lessons that I got along the way. And I really know that it's like a lot of it. I was just kind of like, okay, like I might be the older one, like going for my bachelor's. So like, who cares? Like, you know, cause I took longer to get my, my associates. And I, I think if I allowed those things to kind of just like run my mind, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in a marketing management role right now. And, and also so, I think things, things are changing now um, where, I don't think you're expected to know what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're 18 years old, because I know like I started college when I was 18 and I was so immature. And even though, yes, like I'm very driven and I knew I wanted to do something related to marketing or like something related to that in my career, like I didn't know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so there's a lot of people out there where they maybe they decide or declare a major and then like a year or two into school, they realize like, you know what, that's not the major I want. So they change or maybe they decide that they don't want to go to school and they travel or there's people that start businesses. So I feel like there isn't a right or wrong way to grow in your career or go back to school. Like everyone should just, you know, do themselves and 
whatever's best for them, then that's what's best for them. No, I completely, I completely agree with that. And just sometimes I think when you look at the long term or the big picture, like people think that they need to know the big picture and that can be overwhelming, you know, and it's just more about like taking it step by step if you need to, but just recognizing that that's, you know, your journey and don't compare to anybody else because everybody's challenges and everybody's um, obstacles are just going to look different than yours, you know, like um, don't. I think the comparison thing is very huge, but um, yeah. So Mevale, I think speaks to, to a lot of that. Yeah. Are there any other ones? I don't want to cut um, you There's just one more. Um, it would probably be um, My Way. I don't know if you, you've heard that one by, um, it's Frank Sinatra's the original, but there is the Sex Pistols. They're like an old punk band that they re- redid it. And it's, it's kind of speaks to the same, same theme, right? It's just like, it resonates because he's talking about having regrets and reflecting on like not having this like linear journey, but you know, in the end he like does it his way. And like I said, everyone's journey is just going to look different. And um, yeah, but the song also is like, it speaks to, to me. And it reminds me of an old friend of mine who passed about a decade ago. So I think it's just, very representative of like my journey thus far. Okay. Did you so, have one? To, did you have one uh, of yours to share? Oh, <laughs> um, I have a couple, but mine are probably not as appropriate <laughs> as yours. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm the type of person like I like music that's very upbeat, and okay. a few that come to mind that I like. Um, well, the first one I don't think it's inappropriate, but I really like Alicia Keys' um, "Girl on Fire." Oh, yeah, like, I love that. I love that song. Like, I always, every time I hear that song, like, I envision myself going on stage ready to, like, teach something or, like, be a guest speaker. Like, I'm going to manifest that. Um, it's fun. I don't know if you ever attended a social media marketing world in San Diego, but it's, like, one of the biggest uh, social media conferences. And mm-hmm. I would go, like, every year prior to the pandemic and that's when when I went the first time and I saw like all these marketers and social media gurus like I was like a groupie like I don't know how to explain it like people when they go to concerts and they're excited to see their you know favorite artist or whatever when I went there like I was like oh my god I've been missing out and when I see all these social media gurus like giving their speeches or um facilitating workshops like something inside of me told me like that's gonna be me someday and I'm gonna manifest that I'm gonna that's like on my vision board where I'm gonna go to social media marketing world and I'm gonna be a facilitator or a guest speaker like I'm gonna make that happen and every time I hear the song girl on fire like that's (laughs) what I think of yeah I love that no, totally. I mean, that's like the the song you're probably playing in your head as you walk in, you know? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah. And then the, some other ones that are a little, I guess, not as appropriate. Um, I like Britney Spears, the work bitch. Uh, that's a good <laughs> I, one. I like that one. I like um, Jennifer Lopez, Yo Quiero Dinero, um, which isn't inappropriate, but I know a lot of people can be like, oh, that's greedy. But no, like we work so hard. We deserve to get paid just like anyone else. You know, so I find it more as in like mm-hmm. an uh, empowerment song. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That makes sense. I love And those. I have more, but for today, that's all I'll share. 
but before we let you go, um, how can our listeners reach out or connect with you? What social media channels or platforms would you like to uh, drive the traffic to? Um, people can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, um, Rocio Maciel, and um, just product marketing manager, and I should pop up. So awesome. yeah, feel free to connect and, and chat. I do sometimes get you know messages from from people just asking random questions about what I do on the day to day. I think people just it's kind of like it sounds vague. So if people want to do that and they have questions, like yeah, I'll have a quick chat. You know, so don't be afraid to reach out. Awesome. So yes, everyone, um, all this information will be in the show notes. So feel free to click there. That way, you it'll direct it'll direct you to her page. And I'll see y'all. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I really enjoyed getting to know you better and interviewing you. And you're very inspirational. And I hope someday we get to meet in person. I would love to meet you in person. I think we'd be good friends. Yeah, we should definitely go have a cafecito. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Vanessa, for having me. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to another Influence with Cultura podcast episode. Want more? Head to influencewithcultura.com or go to my show notes to subscribe to my newsletter so you can be the first to know about any new programs and episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review and take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on IG at the Latina Travel Marketer so more kick-ass Latinas and women of color marketers can know about this podcast. If you are ready to up-level your marketing and social media career, I invite you to book a discovery call to see how I can best support you. Now remember, you are an asset to any organization and are ready to start that business. You got this. Talk to you next week.